Hey, photographers, welcome to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm here to help you build a sustainable photography business. That means improving your photo skills, building on your business knowledge, and honing your marketing abilities. But it also means helping you work more efficiently so you don't get burnt out in the long run. We do try to bring the show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing. Again, photographersedit.com and Milu.com. All right, let's get into today's episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're back for another Boca Podcast episode. And this is actually a special edition of the Boca Podcast, a series that we've been doing on brand position consultations, actually, for photographers who are looking to clarify or even establish a brand position. And I'm joined today uh, by Aaron Kaminsky. Aaron, thank you so much for making time for all of us here at the Boca Podcast community. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, be on the podcast and get some clarity for a brand position statement. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and I hope that we can move in that direction. And for everybody listening, and if this is your first time listening to one of these, uh, very simply, what we're trying to do is help photographers establish a clear brand position. And I'll give that definition here in just a second. But what, what it's meant to be is a conversation. So you're going to hear a back and forth. I'm going to walk Erin through the process of thinking through what direction she might go with a potential brand position, especially considering what her market is doing. And then we'll talk about some possibilities uh, at the close of the conversation. But for you listening in, for those of you listening in who are not familiar with the concept of a brand position, uh, a brand position very simply is the, um, the value proposition that a photographer in this case offers to their local market. And hopefully it's a unique brand position. That's a simple definition, but there are some benefits to having a clear and distinct brand position. It's not certainly not the end-all be-all for any marketing effort, but it's a really important piece of the puzzle that's not discussed a whole lot in our industry. And so we're spending some time getting into it. But very quickly, the four benefits of a clear and distinct brand position. One is that it enables potential clients to immediately know our value proposition or our unique, hopefully, value proposition. Uh, number two, it filters irrelevant potential clients as a result. Naturally, if you have a really clear and distinct brand position on your website, they land on your website, they immediately know if you're going to be a good fit or not. Uh, number three, it simplifies and focuses marketing efforts. You're not trying to juggle multiple marketing messages, but instead you can focus on that singular message. And of course, that'll also help you work more efficiently and save time, have more freedom and flexibility as a business owner, which is a big part of our goal here at the podcast. And then the fourth benefit is it encourages better time management, really exactly what I was just saying, in that you're not juggling multiple messages, you're trying to promote this service, and then that service, and then this message. And, you know, something that became really popular for a number of years, and I still see remnants of it is having three words that represent a brand. And when you're doing something like that, it you you now have three different messages that you have to effectively convey to a potential client that confuses and ultimately makes things a bit more inefficient. So we want to simplify focus on one message. And that's kind of the goal. And we'll get into how to establish a clear and distinct brand position in just a little bit. But Aaron, thanks for being patient with me as I was giving context to our conversation. Give our listeners just a little bit of context as to what market you're currently based in. Sure. So I am just outside of Providence, Rhode Island. 
um, just a small state and mostly trying to keep my service area into that. But naturally, we're super close to Massachusetts. So some of it is bleeding into Southeast Massachusetts there. Okay. And how long have you been shooting just for a little bit more context? For two years now, I um, started back in 2018 and just kind of the normal story <laughs> of, um, you know, family needing photos and then it explodes um, that I could go into more detail in a moment. So since 2018 and just this past December, decided to leave my full-time job and wow. do photography solely for 2020, just in time for coronavirus. <laughs> 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 oh man, that has to be so overwhelming too. And I've heard at least a couple of stories like this now. And and I mean, the timing of it, I, I first of all, I'm a huge fan of hearing entrepreneurs and photographers specifically just go for it. Like at some point you do, right? I mean, even when I went full-time, I was working in the optics industry and uh, this this business that I was working for, turns out there was some dishonesty happening. I called the one of the owners on it and they didn't like the fact that I called them out on it. And so I left before they fired me. But I, I went home and I was like, uh, I guess I'm going full time. Uh, it was just one of the things that kind of pushed me into it. But it, it seems as though, at least in most cases, there's no exactly right time to jump in. At some point, you just have to do it. And so I just have a lot of respect for the fact that you went for it this year. And kudos to you for your patience and kind of writing this thing out, too, as we're all dealing with it. Yeah, it's certainly taking all my patience <laughs> at this point, because we also not to make the situation more complex at all, but we moved as well. Wow. So we being me and my boyfriend, Scott, were up closer to New Hampshire and um, he actually got a job closer to our family and home really for us down here in Rhode Island, uh, URI, the University of Rhode Island. So just along with leaving a job, I had to change markets and move and then the virus came and it's just, it's been really fun. It's been a really great year so far, and I can't believe it's already halfway over. Uh, it is <laughs> almost, gonna, almost. I know it is kind of crazy, but I, I will say this, and we'll get into more detail here in a second. But you're actually mm -hmm. in a really great place because as I was scanning your local market, specifically the Providence, Rhode Island market, it doesn't seem as though you have uh, a ton of competition, at least in the realm of really clear and distinct brands who are offering something that stands out from the rest. It, it, it all kind of just mm -hmm. runs together. Um, and I'll expound on that here in just a little bit. But I think you're in a really great place right now, especially as you know, you have to work at kind of building business back up. Uh, if you come out really strong with a clear brand position and all of your marketing efforts back up that brand position, um, I think it's going to make a big difference in helping you establish yourself really, really well, actually, in this mm -hmm. new market. So we'll get to that in a little bit more detail. But right now, what type of photography do you tell potential clients that you specialize in, uh, if, if any at all? Yeah, so I focus on weddings, maternity, and newborn. Debating, kind of switching that up a little bit, which maybe we could talk more about. Yeah. So currently, it's probably about 90% weddings, like 10% portraits in general, whether it be a family that's heard of me. But what I, what I say publicly is weddings, maternity, and newborn. Um, but like I said, proposals is something that I am considering kind of switching things up towards. Which is interesting. Yeah. And I think that would play well with your brand. What what did you say the percentage breakdown was of, of how much you're shooting of each of those things? It's pretty much 90% weddings at okay. this point. Okay. I haven't done a whole lot of portraits in a while. Um, 
portraits, of course, like you could include engagement sessions in that, but they're tied to the end goal of the wedding. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, and, and in those cases, this is the recommendation I've made in the past. It's good to consider, especially if, if not only 90% of what you're photographing are weddings, but 90% of your revenue or somewhere close to that is being generated via weddings. It makes sense to focus on that and build on that strength versus trying to stretch yourself mm-hmm. because then you're simultaneously trying to juggle again, multiple messages. You're trying to build two different segments of your business um, and while, you know, to be fair, maternity and newborn can potentially play well with your wedding clients down the road when it comes to somebody knowing about your brand and having a clear association in their mind about your brand, it's good to focus on kind of one main area. So uh, on that note, though, what would you say currently makes your photography brand? And let's let's actually dial in on wedding photography, because that really seems to be your specialty. What makes your wedding photography brand uh, or technique unique to your local market? Yeah, so when I think of that, there's two things that come to my mind, okay. more service-based and then also more experience-based. So service-wise, I think of being an in-person sales photographer. So, you know, they're not only just being able to have a great wedding photographer and that great experience, uh, but I'm also able to serve them more fully with print lab relationships and being able to guide them and what home decor would look best, how their photos would look best, things like that, and helping style it, which is not something that I've seen a lot of in this area. Um, Just a few kind of more print-focused studios in the area. And then the other thing, more experience-based, is my background, actually. So I have a master's in higher education bachelor's in psychology, and um, also just recently added a master's in health education to wow. my arsenal that my word. I may or may not ever need. <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of nice to see the connection between the two because I have intentionally kind of brought some of that into my client's experience with me and offering some self-care advice for while they're wedding planning and more of maybe the the behind the scenes things like navigating traditions and the whole wedding planning etiquette of mom and dad's requests, you know, stuff like that, that can make the wedding experience and wedding planning a little less joyful. And ultimately that's what you want it to be. So, you know, it's not just the photography that I focus on, but their overall wedding experience and journey being kind of one of the most happiest in their lives and, all the way up to the wedding day. I wrote a blog post recently um, about having a mindful start to the wedding day too, you know, rather than getting swept up in all of the events and chaos sure. that sure. happens. So kind of taking some of my background as, albeit college, health education, <laughs> but uh, bringing it into the, the wedding realm and serving my clients in that way. And to give context again to our listeners, of course, the reason that I'm asking about what might already make the brand unique is there's an opportunity potentially to play on that very idea and actually come out and say it. Sometimes there's a business or there are businesses that have that offer either a unique service, which is a bit tough in the wedding photography industry, uh, but maybe a unique angle, a twist on the service, uh, as Aaron was describing just now that they aren't actively speaking about. And so there's an opportunity potentially to work that into the brand position statement. And then with that kind of leading the way, build the whole experience around the idea represented by that that position statement. So 
Uh, again, for our contact or for our listeners, uh, I just want to give a little context to that question. And really, many of these questions are kind of setting us up to have more information to be able to more intelligently make a decision or a potential decision, at least move in a good direction for a possible brand position statement. IPS um, is is first of all. I didn't, as a wedding photographer, and I shot for over 10 years, I didn't incorporate IPS into my business. And, and from what I understand from the countless photographers that I've talked to about IPS, I really missed out because it sounds like you can make just a ton of money as a result, can't you? Yeah, you certainly can. I mean, if you think about you know the average wedding collection package, whatever word you want to call it, you know, between two to four thousand dollars, sure. depending on you know the kind of niche that you're in. If you sell an album and some prints, and especially with a lot of IPS photographers, digitals, all that kind of stuff, all in one package, that's another one, two, three grand. Again, depending on your pricing and all of that, you can seriously maximize on your revenue. And then what I know you like to talk about a lot is, you know, kind of finding that balance between the work and the life and managing all of your time and energy effectively. Well, right. So if you're generating additional revenue, especially that much with each client, then you have to you don't have to take on as many clients and you do have more freedom, more flexibility. Um, IPS is, I would venture to suggest, though, not something that I would be actively promoting as part of my brand position statement, only mm-hmm. because it's, it's really a benefit to me if we sum it up just as IPS. Now, you can reframe it a different way. In fact, we actually did, I did at least one brand position consultation where I was talking to a photographer about the significance of legacy and I think tying that into their proactive effort at selling physical product. And in that case, you can you can come up with a message that isn't saying, hey, I offer IPS uh, as much as focusing on a big idea that's supported by IPS. Now, the health education piece is interesting and, and that might be something that we can dig into just a little bit more as our conversation continues um, thinking about how you, you're not really coordinating or planning per se, but at least guiding your client through the wedding day, right? Right. Yeah. So, you know, you think of the the photographer's role. Sometimes there there is a planner, which is a great partnership to have and a sure. great resource client. But a lot of the times, and I'm sure maybe you had experiences too, when there isn't a planner or an involved a venue coordinator of some type, the photographer often ends up being like the day of yes. coordinator and especially with timeline, you know, and planning out time for photos and keeping that all on track and making sure everything's moderately according to schedule. I kind of felt like that was an easy tie in. So, you know, if I'm helping you think about your general timeline of the day, thinking about the general timeline and experience of your wedding planning as well and keeping that joyful and happy because this is an incredibly happy moment, probably one of the happiest, hopefully, (laughs) in the couple's lives. So I really felt like that was something I could do also as a photographer. You know, if that's something I'm already going to be doing, like I said, with timeline planning, it was an easy additional thing to add where you're thinking about their experience in general with their wedding and showing that, you know, I don't just care about their photos and their relationship with me that it's it's bigger picture for me I do care about them 
and their overall experience as a couple together through this process. Yeah, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, caring about their relationship with us. I mean, it's a funny thing because there's a there's a balance of sorts, right? Like it is good to focus on the relationship, but then it's funny. Um, I, I think, and, and of course I speak for myself because I'm a photographer as well, mm-hmm. but it's funny how even photographers talking about placing an importance on relationship with clients can somehow make that about them as well. And it's really about the, the client's day. So if the relationship benefits the client and their wedding day at, in the end, then wonderful. Um, that really should be the, the major focus is how can I provide the best experience possible? And if that happens through a, a close personal relationship, great. If that's not their preference, then that's okay too. We just need to make sure they have a great experience. And one of the words that you mentioned there, I, I just wrote down in my notebook here and circled um, because I think we might actually be able to use this is just the word easy. Uh, because mm-hmm. when when photographer or when a client thinks about wedding photography, at least in most experiences, when they go to a wedding, they're part of the bridal party potentially or the family or, or otherwise, and they see what it's like to be photographed professionally, it can it can be a bit of a drag, right? I mean, it can take hours on end at times. Um, it can be complicated trying to arrange all the details associated with that. But if you're saying to your clients, look, I, I provide the easiest or the simplest wedding photograph, wedding photography experience in Rhode Island. Let me help you. That in and of itself, that idea could be quite appealing. Certainly nobody else in your market is talking about that. And we'll get to, to what your, your competition is doing at the moment uh, in just a little bit. But nobody else is saying that. And so if you come out and make that not only your position statement, but literally everything in that experience that you are doing for your client, uh, as part of your brand, supports that notion. Uh, you could really develop a great uh, reputation around that very idea of simplicity or ease of experience. Yeah, absolutely. I really like how that that comes across. And you know, like you have mentioned in the past, rather than trying to make it cute, for lack of a better word, or yeah. clever, you know, it's just really straightforward. It's it's easy and it's a simple process and. I think that could resonate a lot with some people, especially folks that are not, you know, think about couples that are planning their wedding. They have their whole life. They have other jobs versus my job is this, you know, it is my job to actually worry about your timeline and take the time to figure it out alongside with you and all the little details that come along with your wedding photography experience, like posing and outfits and this and that and the other, you know even with engagement sessions, I'm still there to try to make it as easy and simple. Like it's just a breath of fresh air, you know, kind of things. I've thought of little cutesy stuff like that, but just saying straightforward, it's easy and simple. I think that that's a great start. Definitely something that we should hold on to. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm making notes here actually as you're talking. And and again, we can kind of come back to this and even pull up the thesaurus and look through some of the, the potential related words too that we, we might be able to kind of weave into a statement. But you're right. We don't necessarily have to be cute or pretty in the statement. Sometimes just saying it as it is and, and doing so in a language that would resonate with our potential client um, could be the really the best way to go. Uh, so we'll come back to that for sure. And and this is probably relevant, but what is your what would you say are your target customer's biggest pain points um, as wedding photography clients? Yeah, so kind of, yeah, definitely is relevant kind of going off of what I had just said. They're working couples. 
They both have their careers that they're working towards, um, especially for weddings. They typically don't have children, although I have um, had a couple of pregnant brides. That was fun. (laughs) (laughs) So typically no kids yet, but, you know, they have dogs and friends or animals in general and friends and, and a life, you know, and although they do want to look back and remember this monumental happy day of their life, the process of, you know, this is where I pull in kind of the prints and products and everything, the process of that and figuring out how to put together an album, how to design one that looks great and find one that's going to last a very long time with good quality is not something they necessarily have time for. And they just would much rather invest the money in someone else to figure it out. Kind of like how we talk about time management and outsourcing. <laughs> they would rather outsource yeah, for sure. all of that so that they can spend their time doing the things that they love, whether it be career or family or spending time with each other. Interesting. Okay. I'm yeah. just writing down here, maximize time, which it does. It very much ties back to what we were just talking about a second ago. You know, I was also thinking about, and, and I'll, I'll put in a little shameless plug here for Milu, this is an, an app <laughs> that we've been working on to help photographers and coordinators manage timelines and shot lists for photographers who, in many cases, I mean, I, I've had this experience myself, end up as not just a photographer, but a coordinator of sorts as well. That An app like that could come in really handy. We might actually have to figure out a way to partner with you to, to further develop out that app as it's kind of in a beta stage at the moment. But it seems like that might be a really big help. What, what would you say, just kind of transitioning to um, a different question here, and again, getting further context for the sake of conversation um, and ultimately consideration of a potential brand position, but what are the top reasons that you started and run a photography business in the first place? Because I, I know that the bigger picture ideas that drive our personal life and ultimately our business, if we can weave that into a brand position, even more powerful. Yeah, I started like many photographers thinking of photography when it sort of became more of a more of the business side, you know, rather than just the hobby and the landscapes and everything. Um, Back in 2018, I was working my college health education job in kind of the student affairs, student services area. And I, at that point, 2018, been about two and a half years. And I had one of those quarter life crises, crises, I guess, and started to realize I didn't really like it anymore, which once you spend so much time in education and all of those things, like that's kind of a hard pill to swallow. So, and just trying to figure out what else could I do? What does actually make me happy? I leaned on photography to kind of be that creative outlet, just like you hear a lot with other photographers, but it's true. It really does help um, and kind of taking your mind away from other parts of your career. So that's kind of where I started. And it's, surprised me over time that I was actually good at running a business and I liked it Mm. and then ultimately started to think of the benefits and okay if I can actually do this as like the only job and not the side job then what would that mean for me and thinking about that is a lot of freedom and flexibility in my life. I don't know if you've ever heard of Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies. No. Have you ever heard of those? So it's kind of along with her book, The Happiness Project and all the other things that she's written. Okay. Um, But I really enjoy the Four Tendencies. Kind of, to put it really simply, talks about how we're motivated. And there's one category called The Rebel that pretty much doesn't do anything that they don't really want to do. 
And for a long time, especially around this photography business development phase of my life, I certainly fell into the rebel area where I don't want to do anything that I don't want to do. And I want the freedom and flexibility to make my own choices of how to write this email or how to design the social media to do all the things, what time I leave work, what time I get to work, you know, all of those other things that are not quite as flexible when you have a kind of more regular quote unquote corporate job. Sure. So I had started to get that yearning for that freedom and flexibility. And now that I'm here with the freedom and flexibility, sort of in quarantine, (laughs) (laughs) I definitely can see why that that was a draw for me just thinking about also you know we're thinking about buying a house again a little bit later after quarantine but you know there there was this glass ceiling of financial income at my other job whereas with photography you know I can easily pivot or add other streams of revenue or just raise my prices quite simply and if my life change changes my business can change along with that. And there is a lot to be desired in that. So just being a business owner in general intrigued me. And the photography aspect was more just the creative, awesome part (laughs) of that equation. Yeah. But I I like that there's this consistency in theme. I mean, you're talking about ease of experience for the clients, but then associated with that idea is freedom, right? You bring them freedom. You take responsibility off their hands. You take worry and concern off their hands uh, so that they can just enjoy the day. And so there is some consistency in the the big idea or ideas that are driving, it seems, what your brand is about, um, which is wonderful. I mean, that, that makes it so much easier when there is that kind of consistency and theme. And we'll come back to some potential ideas in just a little bit. But one of the other ways that for those of you listening in, that we can help establish a potential brand position is to look at the competition. So there are things that we want, maybe as photographers, that we place importance on. There are then things that our potential clients place importance on. We have to consider both of those things in establishing a brand position. But then we also have to be really just practical and and very simply look at the local market that we're working in. If we're going to establish ourselves in such a way that we stand out in our local marketplace, for me, for example, that would be Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, in Aaron's case, Providence, Rhode Island, and potentially beyond. But if we're going to do so, we need to be aware of what our competition is doing. And it may be that we can't necessarily follow exactly what we wanted to do. If you know, we as artists, photographer types got to make the choice, we might have to actually pivot or adjust for the sake of the market so that we're not just doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. And so on that note, um, I wanted to just share a few of the, and, and I'll put in kind of air quotes here, brand position statements that I saw on some of the other photographers' <laughs> websites, because frankly, you, you don't have a lot of competition in this realm, Aaron, uh, which is a great thing. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot of strong copy on the websites. There was a lot of clutter. And there were just mm-hmm. a few position statements that, I mean, again, if you call them that, that, um, that I could even write down. So I actually ended up doing three different Google searches. And what I would recommend for everybody listening in, if you're wanting to just do some basic research on your market, figure out how you can stand out in your messaging, your brand position, do a quick Google search for whatever the type of genre of photography you're involved in and the, of course, the market that you're in. So for me, it might be wedding photography, Chattanooga, Tennessee. In Aaron's case, I actually did three different searches. 
The first one was Providence, Rhode Island, just photographer, because um, initially, of course, Aaron's talking about not only offering wedding photography, but maternity photography. I think going the direction of wedding photography or wedding and engagement photography is going to make more sense. But I did do this search first and um, actually four pages of results. And I only came back with four position statements in the probably 20 to 25 businesses that, that popped up. One was photo novelist. And that's definitely not something I've heard before. Uh, I don't know. And, and part of the, I think what, what is great about reading through some of these is, is not just for the sake of awareness and positioning yourself clearly, Aaron, but also just to kind of think through what works and what doesn't as a brand position statement. Photo novelist is, is unique. I haven't heard any photographer label themselves that before, but I don't exactly know what it means. If I'm playing kind of the naive consumer who I need to, who needs to be able to understand very clearly what's being offered by the service, that's pretty vague. Um, so not a, a real strong statement. Timeless imagery for the joyful romantic. Um, therein, of course, we're using words that are kind of cliche at this point in our industry and not a particularly strong statement. Photographing the memories you make in vibrant color was another one, a focus on vibrant color. Uh, another was Rhode Island's premier wedding photographer. And uh, I, I went ahead and wrote that down, not because it's a, a, a strong position statement, but there were at least two or three examples of just kind of very generic statements like that. And if you're going to say that you're the best, you're the premier wedding photographer, you better be able to back it up. It's, it's a, <laughs> yeah. a bit of a gutsy move. Any initial thoughts as I read through those first few? Yeah, I had done a little bit of homework myself too. And oh, cool. definitely got that sense uh, that there were some that were kind of the the location kind of brand position. Uh -huh. you know, so Providence Rhode Island wedding photographer or something like that um, versus more of the actual unique value brand proposition that they would offer for their clients. And definitely, yes, a lot of clutter um, and just, yeah, a little bit convoluted sometimes. Um, and some of those cliche words definitely popped up. And a lot of what I noticed was you were always emphasizing being above the fold. And even if there was something on the website, yes. it was more often than not below the fold. It's true. It's very true. I know I'm yeah. glad that you actually, that you looked through this yourself too, because that really makes a big difference having that perspective. And it's funny, uh, you know, the same way that, for example, if I were to go back and listen, I've, I've done this from time to time. And in fact, I've I've finished interviews here at the Boca Podcast, and, and I've caught myself doing something that I know is a tendency of mine, and I'm quickly putting in the editing notes for Haley, who produces the show. I'm like, oh, please cut this out, or please fix this, because I realize I'm doing it. But it, I think it's good, whether as photographers or podcast hosts or you know business owners, really of any type, to go back and look at or listen to or review our work. Um, just to be aware of certain tendencies that if we don't make the effort to do so, we'll be kind of blind to, right? We, we tend to function with blinders on. So it's good to gain perspective. And one of the best ways to do so is to look at our competition. And I bring this up too, because you mentioned, Aaron, the, the cliche words or phrases that we use in the industry. I mean, they're just used so much kind of copy and pasted from one photographer to the next. Um, you know, something like timeless imagery for the joyful romantic, that the whole joyful romantic or even just the joyful bride in and of itself, that word, I don't know why it became so popular, um, but we, mm -hmm. you see it used all over the place. Unless you actually take a look, it's easy to forget about it, too. So I'm glad that you did that. I'm just very quickly, though, I'm going to read through. Um, I, I did a search for Providence, Rhode Island wedding photographer, and then I also did newborn photographer. So under wedding photographer, first few pages, uh, there was a... a a uh, three-word statement, as I alluded to earlier, bold, bright, and beautiful. Another was timeless imagery for the joyful romantic. So same photographer, uh, photo novelist as well. 
specializing. Uh, this was, uh, I guess you could call it a position statement. And I believe to, to Aaron's point, this was underneath the fold, but specializing in candid, authentic, and unobtrusive wedding photography. Uh, another was mm-hmm. photographing the memories you make in vibrant color. I alluded to that earlier. Rhode Island's premier wedding photographer, same thing. And then we make unconventional, personal, and unique floral design and photography for weddings, e- wedding and events. A uh, bit of a, a unique position in that they do both flowers and photography. And then under newborn photographer, and this won't be as relevant, but I'll go ahead and read it off just for the sake of context. Uh, capture those special moments in a photo that last forever in your home and hearts. Another was timeless memories. Another was, uh, again, what Aaron alluded to earlier, a location-based position statement, Rhode Island, newborn baby photographer. And then the photo novelist one came up again as well. So needless to say, there's there's not a lot um, going on here as far as strong position statements, which means, Aaron, that you kind of have the run of the mill. You get to you get to make a decision and come out and come out strong, hopefully, um, in order to create something that's that's distinct. Awesome. The world is my oyster. Basically. It is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what's even better, of course, it's, it's wonderful that you can just kind of take your pick as far as what you want to stand, what hill you want to stand on. Uh, but ultimately, the focus on simplicity, ease of experience certainly has not been spoken to um, in any position statements on anyone's website. And I, I think that's really great because that gives you an opportunity then to really hone in on what it is that you are keen about anyway. Just for further context for our listeners and for the sake of conversation, um, there are four ways, potential ways to establish a clear and distinct brand position as we're considering possibilities here. One is to be the first to own a position. So there may be certain photographers that are doing similar things or even saying similar things if you look in the copy of their website or their blog, but they're not owning it. They're not coming out and saying, you know, upfront, bold, big, bold on the front of their website, above the fold, and backing it up with all their marketing and the experience they're creating. They're not actually owning that position. So if, if somebody's like, you know what, nobody's taking a hold of this and running with it, I'm going to, that is one way to establish a clear and distinct brand position. Another way is to offer a service that doesn't exist. A bit tough, especially in wedding photography, but it would be a, p- a potential option. Uh, offer a variation of a service. And the example I always give, uh, and I don't know why I get so obsessed with this thing, but the example that I've given before is in Chattanooga. So if, if I were to start a wedding photography business again in Chattanooga, um, what I might say is that I'm not just a wedding photographer because there are plenty of those here, but I could say I am Chattanooga's black and white wedding photographer. So that's a variation, a qualifier, if you will, on an existing service. Lots of wedding photographers, to my knowledge, no black and white only photographers. That would naturally make me stand out immediately. Now, something interesting to consider there is if you're going to pick a niche, like in this case, only black and white, you may narrow your market down so much that you don't have enough business in your local market, you might have to go beyond the local market. So then it might be black and white wedding photography for Tennessee or you know the Southeast or something to that effect. But um, that's a, an example of offering a variation in the service. And then the other thing that the fourth way to establish a clear and distinct brand position is to name a target market. Um, so I might say I am wedding photographer for skateboarders or black and white wedding photographer for skateboarders. I'm naming a particular market. If they land on my site, they see that they naturally would go away if they're not skateboarders. If they are, I'm an awesome fit for them. Uh, and that's a bit of a simplistic example, but that's another way to do so. So on that note, Aaron, um, I know that you did a little bit of work ahead of time. What were some of the potential position statements, um, ideas that you had come up with? Yeah. So I, there was a, like a photo contest or something that I had entered in 
at least a year ago. Um, it was in the fall at some point, either 2018 or 2019. And they, they kind of asked for something along the lines of a brand position statement. Okay. So I had to come up with something kind of more or less on the fly. So I, I'll read verbatim what I wrote yeah. and don't, <laughs> don't shame me. Oh, not at all. No, no, no. This is, um, this is very much a conversation. So we're just going to throw ideas around. That'd be great. So I wrote for that contest, more than just photos, KL Photography provides a personalized, uncomplicated photography experience for weddings, maternity, and newborn sessions, resulting in preserved memories you will be proud to pass down for generations. So I know that's a little bit longer than ideally a brand position statement, but that's what I had started with. Okay. And then from there, I kind of was thinking of just like little phrases, just as I'm, you know, the random random thoughts that pop into your head here yeah. and there. So what are some of those? Of, um, a full service. I don't know if you would call me a studio. I don't know, like the etiquette in the industry around that because I don't technically have a studio. The beginning of their family story, thinking of weddings, proposals, maternity, newborn, simple, uncomplicated, puts clients at ease, which we've actually already uh, kind of talked about. And then thinking of being in Rhode Island and having this kind of beachy coastal brand, yeah. kind of thinking of the word anchor and anchored in, you know, anchored in simplicity. And, but that's kind of getting more on the the cutesy, clever <laughs> end of things. Sure. So maybe, maybe not that. <laughs> I, I was actually going to ask you, and I don't know if this is in any way related to, to your market, but your logo currently has a pineapple in it. What's the significance of that? Honestly, I just love pineapples. <laughs> uh, and of course, there's the whole, this is what I ultimately lean on when somebody asks me this question, yeah. is the the hospitality tie to it, that it's especially more prominent down south being like a, a sign of a welcoming and warm friends, all that kind of stuff. Um, and even back in like the 1800s, it was a sign of royalty as really? well, apparently. Yes, it was. Apparently, pineapple was like this very rare kind of delicacy. Okay. What the truth is really to that, who knows? It's on the <laughs> internet. So you can only believe sure. so much of it. I love pineapple. Pineapple's like nature's candy. It is so good. And it really is. And I just recently found, and this is, everybody's probably like, this is old news, but I just recently found this pineapple. I think my brother had one or something. And I was like, oh, I got to get one. These, the, the pineapple core remover. I don't even know oh, what they're called yes. technically. You know what I'm talking about? Where you literally just, you put this thing out, you, you cut the ends off the pineapple, like the top and bottom, and then put this thing on there and start twisting. And it, and it works its way all the way down to the bottom of the pineapple. You just pull out. And now you get these beautiful slices of pineapple. And it's it's yes. so much fun. <laughs> Life-changing. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Just from cutting like the, you go from cutting the sides off, you know, in strips and everything and whatnot, trying to peel exactly. it. Exactly. To having that and it, it's it's amazing yes yes huh, i love okay. lots of things pineapple i love to eat pineapple i love the flavor but also i have pineapples all over the house like decor wise i'm really? looking at, at probably three or four of them right now just in the living room so yeah it's just kind of a thing for me i think i actually yes i am wearing a pineapple t-shirt as well wow <laughs> so, you're hardcore yeah, I just, I don't know what it is. They're just, something about a pineapple is just fun and happy and 
you know, joyful. <laughs> joyful. There you go. <laughs> Throw that word back well, in you know, there. I mean, this is a total side note, but it, it might be really fun for you, if nothing else. But it, certainly you could find ways to give fun pineapple related gifts to your clients as part of the experience that you're creating for them. Mm-hmm. Just to tie that that all together. Um, because it does, I mean, most photographers, I, I can't think of another photography brand I've seen in 20 years that had a, a pineapple as their logo. And it, by the way, it doesn't look bad. I mean, it's it's well done, but it, it's just not something I would have expected. But it might also mm-hmm. create some curiosity for your clients, too. And so if you present them not only with, uh, you know, beautiful uh, a card, a thank you card or something like that, and then some pineapple related gift, like one of those pineapple, you call them a core? Is that what you call it? I think so. Okay. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe that would be a really fun <laughs> gift to give to them. Um, I, I was just curious if that in any way tied to any part of your brand. But to, to our conversation, I was writing some notes down here. I mean, you were talking about uh, personal or personalized experiences. One of the things you mentioned, and that's something that I think too many photographers are already playing on, not necessarily in your market, but it's it's so commonplace. So, um, and I really like the direction that we were going with with the notion of ease, full service studio. If if you don't actually have a studio, saying a studio might create a little bit of confusion. So I'd probably leave that yeah. out as well. I like the idea of focusing on that at the beginning of your story. This is actually a direction I went with another photographer, different marketplace. It is an interesting idea to, to play on. And that that's a, you know, it's a big idea. So do you, I mean, of course, it begs the question, do you limit yourself um, in the long run to only focusing on the beginning of their family story, but you're no longer going to photograph the rest of their story, you know, in a year or two or three years? Um, but it's an interesting right, right. idea to build around that I, that that notion of photographing the beginning of their story together. I like it. I'm still leaning toward the toward the easy idea though. Mm-hmm. Anchor. I, I would tend to agree with you. I think I, I think we can leave that out and still communicate very concisely and clearly the benefit that you're offering your clients. And let me just throw this one out here because I wrote it down earlier. Just very simply, it's engage. Or we could say wedding photography made easy or engagement and wedding photography made easy. And then the subtext mm-hmm. would be for Providence, Rhode Island couples. If you want to expand that, of course, you can always change the location. But wedding photography made easy is a very simple statement that sums up what it is that you're talking about, the type of experience that you want to offer to your clients. Um, the thing that I would caution you on is while it might be easy to come up with a statement like that, you would want to make sure that that whole experience backs it up. So from the very get-go, whether it's the the uh, the form that they might have to fill out in order to contact you, the communication process with you, signing a contract, making payments, the meetings mm-hmm. themselves, the engagement session, um, if you're going to make it as easy as possible, I would suggest that you make it a goal, for example, just to, to only shoot for, say, an hour. So they're able to show up, they get those pictures done. And if, if they're left wanting more, wonderful. Maybe you spend a little bit more time because you're just having so much fun. Yeah. But if you're able to, in a very short amount of time, give them beautiful images and that's that, they're done, they can move on because they do have a busy life as you were talking about. Um, I think that would be really important. And of course, the day of the wedding, um, if you're not only making sure that the, the photographs themselves take a minimal amount of time, but you're able to in some way help them using an app like Milu or, or whatever it might be, help them manage their timeline, the shot list, of course, as a way to make their lives easier. So it's less that they have to actually think about or even that their family and friends have to think about. Um, You're building that whole experience around the idea that you make wedding photography easy. Um, and they they get they're left with that idea in their mind and they're naturally going to want to talk about it to to their friends and to their family. Mm, yeah, I like that. It's I it, I've heard it before on the bride consultations, but 
you somehow just took this whole conversation, boiled it down to what four words. And I'm like, how could I not think of that before? <laughs> Wedding photography made easy. Yeah. It's so yeah, heck yeah. That's, that's what I want to offer. I want to kind of, you know, with the whole mindfulness and stress relief and all of that kind of stuff, the, the background that I have, that's yeah. certainly what I'm, what I'm definitely aiming for. Um, and certainly with the systems, I use Dipsano for client management. So, you know, with even scheduling sessions, scheduling phone calls, all those things, um, it's very easy to do with all of their features of the scheduler, much like Calendly um, and different automation t- kind of things like that, that do ultimately make it a little easier you know, rather than going back and forth via email of when to schedule their engagement session. But I do also like that that other concept of kind of abbreviated sessions. You think of engagement sessions yep. and typically they're at least 90 minutes, sometimes even a couple hours or maybe even longer, depending right. on what you're doing. Right. So the idea of, yeah, I can be efficient enough and I'm skilled enough and I know what I'm doing that I can take an hour of your time and deliver still plenty for save the dates or reception photos, you know, whatever they end up using it for an album, such and such, you know, that it kind of uses their time wisely, you know, and I'm not trying to. A lot yeah. of times too, I've found as as a photographer, a wedding photographer, um, that guys aren't necessarily stoked to be photographed. <laughs> um, yeah, and and you know if that's if they're just kind of annoyed with the idea, and and you're having to kind of accommodate that, the fact that you were able to get a session done in you know thirty forty five minutes an hour um, would be brilliant for them. They're going to be that much more excited for you. And of course, that's just one case scenario. And I know that different people are different, but uh, I, I just think about ease of experience. And that's definitely one of the things that, in fact, when when I would shoot weddings, we, we worked very, very quickly um, and, and in most cases. And so the comments, the responses, the compliments that we would get for that uh, was pretty incredible. And especially from the guys, they're like, oh, we're done already? And that's the kind of, if you, if you can leave them with that, not where they feel wanting like you didn't do enough, but that you gave them right. so much in such a short amount of time. I'm like, oh my goodness, this is so easy. This is, oh, I get to go party now. Um, yeah. Which, which would leave a really great taste in their mouth. And it's funny how things like that, they haven't seen one picture and they're already so stoked about you as a photographer. They're going to be telling you, oh my goodness, you're such a great photographer. Because we got this too. <laughs> you're such a great photographer. They haven't seen one picture yet, but they had a really great experience. And in, in most cases, um, you could equate an easy experience with a great experience, a, a, a less time-consuming experience with a great experience. And if you provide that consistently, people are going to get to know you as that photographer that made wedding photography easy. Right. Absolutely. One thing that just as we're talking about, I remembered just like one of those random ideas for your website. We all have them. <laughs> yeah. But I thought about going through my workflow and counting exactly how many emails I actually send to them. So, you know, to kind of say, and like you're saying, to back up kind of right away, my my brand position is that you can expect only however many it is, 13 emails. And it's probably more than that realistically, but, <laughs> you know, to kind of say like, you know, thinking about a whole, usually a year at least relationship together, mm-hmm. you can expect a very succinct and efficient amount of emails from me. Um, and that's obviously like just on my workflow, you know, when it's conversationally and things like that, the, the number of emails obviously escalates, but to give them that 
initial impression of, oh, wow, like she's actually taken the time to think about how many emails she's sending us to and to not inundate the inbox along with all the other old Navy ads and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> right. I know that's, I think about this because I, I mean, I've, I'm an owner and CEO of a company that's worked with thousands of photographers for years of photographers at it. And, and it's, I know the significance of communication. Um, I know the importance of email, at least to a point, but I am so mm-hmm. apprehensive of sending too many emails out or emails that have too much content in them because I get them from other companies and I'm like, what was the, I get, you know, however many of these every day, why is it that companies feel like they need to, or business owners feel like they need to send out a bunch of emails to just become part of the noise that that person on the other end is already experiencing? Um, right. Sure, there are effective ways to do it, but we have to think about that. So you're right. Empathy is important in that regard. The suggestion I would make, though, whether it's with email or any other part of your workflow, and in even your background in health education, my suggestion would be know for yourself as the business owner from your experience what it is, what it takes ultimately to create a really efficient, easy experience for your clients. Um, And in fact, a very caring experience for your clients. Again, understanding the significance of mental health, physical health as it relates to uh, their wedding day, their experience with you and so forth. Understanding all those things, create the experience with that knowledge, but don't necessarily feel like you have to tell them about it. Because Photographers have a tendency of being too wordy and communicating too much information that isn't necessarily important to the client. They don't need to know. And I've said this before, at least on one or two occasions working with other people. I'm like, I don't I don't care. I don't care about the moving parts. Just get it done for me. And (laughs) yeah, and I'm making an assumption and being a little bit extreme here. But my assumption is going to be that most clients don't care about the moving parts. They don't want to know about that. What they want is a really great experience. So focus on providing the experience, which in this case is a really simple, easy, efficient one. You may not even have to tell them the number of emails you're going to send them. Just make sure that the very few emails that you do send them are very well written so that it doesn't, you know, it's not paragraphs and paragraphs. You're able to very succinctly communicate information only as needed. The times that they do interact with you, you're you're warm and you're effusive and you're friendly and you're easy to hang out with. So they don't feel like you're distant because you're not communicating constantly. Um, right. Just that it's easy to communicate with you because it doesn't take endless amounts of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And honestly, as you could probably gather by some of my responses just now, brevity is not always my strong suit. So... <laughs> Um, it's totally okay. A, Mine neither. So we're in this, we're in the same team here. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a practice in progress, but at least with something like a workflow or thinking just about my ideal client experience overall, that I can be intentional and kind of take a step back sometimes and think like, okay, this email looks even long to me. So to my client, it's probably looking like a novel. So I should probably succinct it up a little bit, make it a little more concise, maybe throw in some bullets. Um, it's tough. It's really tough, but it's definitely something valuable to, to spend the time on to kind of think about that, especially yeah. given that this would be the experience that I want is something simple and ease. Absolutely. Yeah. And and just to kind of round out our conversation here before we, before we finish up, um, I would just suggest if you're going to, and, and I think it's a smart idea, especially based on the, the information, the data that you gave me, 90% of your work being weddings, to go ahead and take the maternity and newborn off. And it's not that you can't photograph it, but for the sake of simplicity mm-hmm. and navigation, 
and what they know you for, I would just remove that. That will that will simplify the navigation on, on your website. Um, and then I would just make sure that that position statement, as you talked about earlier, is above the fold of the website. Also, the other thing, because I did look at your, I glanced at your um, site on my phone, the mobile format, and mm-hmm. the, the position statement that you have there right now, which is kind of a location-based statement, the text is getting lost uh, in, the, in the picture, yeah. the header image. Um, so I would just make sure that either through formatting or the type of picture that you use, that that position statement can be easily seen, again, without having to scroll um, past the fold, can be easily mm-hmm. seen um, along with a pretty picture. Yeah, yeah. Web design is is so frustrating. <laughs> it really can be, yeah. If you look at that, if you look at my website on a desktop, that picture and the, the navigation, everything, it is on point. Everything is readable. I tried so hard. And then I, I have Squarespace, so I, I toggled over to the mobile view and wanted to throw my computer out the window. I'm like, <laughs> nothing I just did looks good on the mobile version. What the heck? <laughs> uh, well, you know, and I, I'm not a professional with Squarespace, but I've worked with it enough that in, in this case, just as a for, for our conversation's sake, um, I'm looking at your site currently and that text is sitting on the image. What I would suggest is to take that image or take the text off the image uh, as a temporary solution and to create, yeah. you know, you can add an additional segment on the page. I would just yeah. add a segment right underneath that image and put the text there in uh, whatever the color that your logo is. It looks like a kind of a dark blue. And and for the time being, until you update your site with some of these changes that we're talking about, it would at least stand out a little bit more easy. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the mobile website. Gets, yeah. <laughs> it, it really can. Yeah, it can be frustrating. Uh, but yeah. I, listen, I, I really appreciate you making time to have this conversation with me and, and certainly to allow me to share the conversation with our listeners. Um, I think we ended up in a pretty great place. I'm certainly glad to continue to, the, the conversation um, off air as time goes along, but I think you're in a really great spot to come out and create this experience that centers around, uh, well, a, an easy wedding photography experience for your potential clients. I think it's going to be a great opportunity. Yeah, I definitely am loving the direction that it's going. Um, kind of something that I had had in my head with that personalized, uncomplicated photography experience, but didn't know how to articulate that concisely keyword. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely appreciate the opportunity to kind of have the conversation with you and, you know, just thinking of the brand and all of that from somebody else's perspective certainly helps because you're just, you're too into it sometimes and too up close. So I definitely appreciate your insight and your help with this. Oh, no, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad to do whatever I can. I'm glad that it was a help. And and I can, again, very much relate to what you're saying or relate with what you're saying, which is that it is, it's easy to kind of get our blinders on. I need feedback from the outside as well. Um, I'm always asking Haley for feedback. Haley's listening and she's editing this, this uh, podcast, this mm-hmm. episode for the show. But um, I'll say, hey, what, what do you think about this idea? Or somebody said this, what do you think about that? And getting feedback from the outside um, can really be helpful because you're right. It's easy to get stuck in that. I just, I always, I always think about like horses, you know, that are pulling a carriage or something. They have those blinders on. They can only look forward. Yes. And that's kind of how I see this idea. And I know I can get in that place. So it's nice to have outside feedback. I'm glad it was helpful. Um, will you just remind our listeners where they can find you? Not just your website. I know we mentioned uh, your website, but also on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. So across all social media and my website, you know, just further emphasizing the at ease and simplicity of KL photography, (laughs) you can find me everywhere at klphotography.co. So whether it's instagram.com slash or facebook.com, 
Pinterest or my actual website. It's all slash klphotography.co. And that's my website. Perfect. klphotography.co. And we'll put all this in the show notes <laughs> at bocapodcast.com for everybody listening in. Uh, make sure you check it out. Give Aaron a follow. Send her a message of encouragement. And uh, th- thanks, <laughs> thanks once again, Aaron, for, for doing the show with me. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thanks so much, photographers, for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought of the show by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is Nathan at bocapodcast.com. We do try to bring this show to you commercial free, so make sure to check out our sponsors, photographersedit.com and Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. Photographer's Edit is custom photo editing for the professional photographer, and Milu is the simplest way to create and manage timelines and shot lists for the events you're photographing.